Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 19 of Revelation chapter 3, and we're reading in verse 8. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. We began discussing this verse in our last study, and we're going to continue looking at it tonight. Uh, God says, I know thy works. And he says this because he is the one that has foreordained the works that his people are to walk in. He has prepared them um, from uh, the foundation of the world for them to do. And the works that God has in view here are the works of moving in the churches and congregations where his people were located throughout the church age to carry the message of the Bible to all the nations of the world. And the church did well at this over the almost 2,000 years of the church age. They they did carry forth God's word to uh, just about every nation of the earth and they translated the word of God into many languages of of the world's population. And and they taught the word of God, the basics of the word of God to the people of the world. They they did these things, these works as God prepared them to do. And and so God, of course, states, I know thy works Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. God is the one that opened up doors for missionaries to carry the gospel um, into uh, tribes of of Indians that that were previously cannibals. And God is the one that opened up doors for his people to carry the gospel into countries that were very hostile towards that same gospel. Yet God made a way and made it possible for the uh, gospel of his grace to travel into these places. And sometimes the more hostile the environment, the more God would bless his word and multiply it to the population. For instance, we we see this example with a nation like China that is under communist rule. And yet the gospel was there and thrived there. And God saved uh, his people from uh, that great population of the nation of China. And he, he worked this way in various ways in many nations over the course of the church age. And he is the one that opened up the door and no man could shut. Now, the word here, can, and no man can shut it, is uh, the Greek word dunamai, which is Strong's 1410. And it comes from 1411, dunamis. And dunamis is the word that means power. And and this word dunamai we find used 
in Luke chapter 12. And I'll turn over there. Luke 12, verses 25 and 26, where it says, And which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? If ye then be not able to do that which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? And the word able is dunamai. And also the word can is dunamai. It, it is an inability. There is no power, no might, no strength within a man even to add a cubit. Or, or we would say in, in our own measurement, you can't add an inch to your height. And you cannot do that which is least. It, it's not that much of a deal to to be an inch taller. And you and I and no man can even do that. Well, yes, uh, men may uh, wear something that elevates them, or a woman might, but no, that that's not making yourself taller. God's the one that does the least. He's the one that has the ability to give people height, and he's the one that controls that, as well as that which is... The greatest. And what is the greatest? It is salvation. God is the one that controls salvation and the opening up of that doorway to heaven and the shutting of the doorway to heaven. And man cannot shut it. The word dunamai is also used in Luke 13 in verse 11 where it says, And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And the word could is the same word. She just could not straighten up. She, she could not lift up herself due to her infirmity, her sickness. And, you know, th- this is just how it is when, when a man or a woman has an ailment, if we have a disease, if if we have an affliction, if we're blind, we cannot make ourselves see. If we're deaf, we cannot make ourselves hear. And if we are uh, lame, we cannot make ourselves walk. And there are so many sicknesses and diseases and handicaps that that people have as a result of the corruption that has come upon this world and upon the human body due to our sin. It's all a result of our sin condition that we no longer have that good and perfect body, but we have a body seeing corruption and and that does get diseased. And we cannot cure ourselves or heal ourselves or make ourselves better in the physical realm, why would anyone ever think that they can do it in the spiritual realm? Isn't that a foolish thing to think that we cannot do that which is least? And the physical arena is always lesser than the spiritual arena. We cannot improve ourselves or heal ourselves physically. And yet we we imagine that we can do something when it comes to spiritual things and that we have the ability. It's all under your control. 
the the churches teach in their gospel. It's in your hands, under your power. You have the might to uh, become born again through the power of a, making a decision and accepting Christ. And that it is just wrong and false and untrue that a man has this, apo- this ability. We don't have the power to turn our hair from one color to another. Well, yes, there's dyes that do that, but that's not really turning your hair. We have no ability to add an inch to our height. We have no ability to heal ourselves physically. And we certainly have no ability in the spiritual realm in that area. No, that's that belongs to God. And, and God says uh, that when he opens a door, no man can shut it. And he opened up a door during the church age and this verse is helpful for us to see that god um, had to open up doors at that time too in order to minister his word to the people of the world that lived over those centuries and he saved certain individuals in this nation in that nation he used the churches to bring his word to accomplish his salvation plan over the 1955 years of the church age. And no one could hinder that, not Satan, not the demons, and no man could interfere with God's plan to save the first fruits that uh, he wanted to be saved during that time period. Well, it goes on to say here in verse 8 of Revelation 3, For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Now again, the Lord is speaking to the angel or the messenger of the church in Philadelphia, and this is to be delivered to the church in Philadelphia. And what God says to the church in Philadelphia, to the messenger there, his elect, has application to all the churches throughout the church age. God's people were found in the churches throughout the course of the church age, and God is telling them that he has set before them an open door, and no man can shut that door. God will shut it when he ends the church age, as we know that he did on May 21, 1988. But no man can shut that door. And he says, for thou hast a little strength. He he is speaking to his people in the churches. And this, again, applies to any point in time over the many centuries of the church age. Thou hast a little strength. Why a little strength? The word strength is the word dunamis. The word that is often translated as power. Thou hast a little power. And why is God saying that to his people in the churches? And why only a little power? Why uh, not just say thou hast power or, or great and mighty power? Why a little power? Well, the word power or this word dunamis, which is translated as power, 
we find in Romans chapter 1. In Romans 1, it says in verse 15, I'll start reading there. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The the gospel of God, it says here in Romans one sixteen, is the power of God unto salvation. It is the dunamis, the strength of God unto salvation. And, uh, you know, that that's um, a very significant thing for the Lord to say. He is really saying that the gospel is the power of God. It's the dunamis of God and in relationship to his salvation plan. Now, that becomes a very important statement when we read in Matthew 24 that the powers of the heavens are shaken um, immediately after the tribulation, when the sun is darkened and so on, that confirms spiritually that our understanding of the sun being uh, put out as the light of the gospel being extinguished is correct because the powers of the heaven spiritually, are what? It is the gospel of God unto salvation. And that's what God did immediately after the tribulation. He shook the powers of the heavens by darkening his gospel light and ending his salvation plan. And, well, this was uh, just, uh, we would say, an earth-shaking event, except God is likening it to the heavens and so he says the powers of the heavens are shaken the the salvation that has so long been available to this world that doorway that entry way into the kingdom of heaven is now shut and and so the powers of heavens are shaken the gospel of christ is the power of god unto salvation well with that definition when we we come to revelation 3 and god is saying i have set before thee an open door and no man can shut it well we understand yes that must relate to the power of the gospel of god in relationship to salvation as god's people carry his gospel into the world and the hearers the elect that hear that message are saved and And so the Lord says, thou hast a little power, a little power. Now, again, why little? The reason that God says it is a little power is because the Lord did save all those that he intended to save throughout the church age, throughout the whole era of his using the churches and congregations of the world to minister the gospel to the nations and yet god did not save as many as we would expect during that time considering there are so many churches in so many nations and the church age has been active 
for such a long period of history, 1955 years. And and given the number of churches, the uh, number of places on the earth that they're found, and the extended period of of the church's use by God for almost two millennium, almost 2,000 years, we would tend to think, well, certainly a great number of people all over the world became saved. And here, as well as other places, God is saying, no, no, that's not the case. Thou hast a little power, a little strength, that that power of God unto salvation, that the gospel is, it's not my plan to save a great multitude during this time. I'll, I'll save the number that I intend to save, but uh, it will be nothing uh, in comparison to the conclusion of my salvation plan. Once um, I end the church age, and and then begin the latter rain outside of the churches for a little season of a few short years, then I will save a great multitude from every nation, tongue, and tribe, and people that no man can number. And the number of people I save at that time in history will far outnumber those that were saved during the nearly 2,000 years of the church age. Remember what God wrote in the book of Isaiah when he writes in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shine. There is the gospel, and the gospel light is shining uh, brightly into the world. And then in verse 3, Thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased the joy. Now, that statement lets us know that, yes, uh, God did multiply the churches and and those that were in the churches, the congregations of the church, to, to uh, a very large number if everyone that went to church and became a member or entered into the churches throughout the church age was truly saved, then we would we would have a tremendous number of elect. But it didn't work out that way. No, Satan was busy. He was actively sowing tares amongst the wheat and to the point where there were more tares than wheat. And so... Yes, um, thou hast multiplied the nation. There's there's many churches with many people um, in them all over the earth. That's true. And yet it goes on to say in Isaiah 9, 3, and not increased the joy. Remember, there is joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. But when God multiplies the nation, when the congregation spread all over the earth, he has not increased the joy in relationship or in regards to salvation. Therefore, we see why God is speaking of opening the door here in Revelation 3, 8, that no man can shut and yet only um, acknowledging that 
his people have a little strength, a little power, because the work that God has prepared for them to do in bringing the gospel to the ears of his people will will be relatively little as far as how many he intends to save. And, and so this statement is helpful for us to understand that God did use the churches to save his elect, yet um, it was nothing in comparison to the climax of his overall salvation plan when he saved the great multitude during the time of the latter reign. And it goes on to say, For thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. And again, the Lord is referring to his people that are found within the churches during the church age, and they kept his word to the degree that God had revealed his word to them. And they kept his word that was delivered to them. They were faithful messengers, but we we cannot look at them and think that they would have as good an understanding as God's people today because God reserved much truth for the time of the end as he sealed up the book, the Bible, and uh, he kept it sealed, as he said to Daniel, until the time of the end of the world. And and that uh, time of the end began with the end of the church age And that meant that those within the churches and congregations had uh, a limited uh, knowledge because God kept back from them many things. And yet, as far as what he did reveal to them, the truths that they did receive and understand, they kept them. The Lord's people, the elect, kept them. And did not deny his name. Now, if they did not deny his name, this means that they confessed his name and they lived their lives for him. They trusted in him. They sacrificed as God moved in them to will and uh, to do of his good pleasure. They sacrificed their life for the sake of Christ and God was pleased. Uh, This is a very favorable statement that he is making here of his people that lived their lives at a time when God was utilizing the New Testament churches and congregations. Well, we'll continue our study in Revelation 3 and move into verse 9 when we get together in our next Bible study. This looks like it's a good place for us to stop at this point.